a journey. Oh, and I think that as you, like you're talking about energy and, and mm. you become magnetic and that's exactly the words I use is mm. it's um, attracting not only love, but what's aligned with you mm-hmm. starts to happen with ease the more you show up as yourself. I mm-hmm. feel like the more you show up as yourself, your energy shifts. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Let's Not Sugarcoated podcast, where every week we bring you real, raw, and unfiltered conversations designed to motivate and inspire you on your journey through motherhood, relationships, and career. We're your hosts, Alex and Bella. Thanks for spending this time with us. Let's get into it. Welcome, welcome. Today we have the lovely Jamie Morgan back in studio. So Jamie is a Gottman-trained relationship and personal growth expert and speaker. She specializes in guiding women who have gone through divorce or breakups to attract more love, fulfillment, and abundance in their lives. She helps them to conquer their fears, gain authentic confidence, and let go of their pasts by giving them personalized action steps to move forward into the life they've always dreamed of. Welcome, Jamie. Welcome back. Woo-woo. Thank you. We're excited to have you. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for the conversation. Good. Yes. I know. <laughs> yes. I know. Uh, it's, it's been, been a, a while. It's been a yeah minute be, since we've had you on here, but we're always excited to have you here and share your wisdom and advice with us all about you know life after divorce. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I love the, just the real conversation because I think it's, that's what we get the most from Mm -hmm. the real stuff that that we can all relate to when we've gone through this kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. divorce and major breakups and having to move on. Yeah. So do you want to just kind of remind us exactly a little bit your story? Um, You know, you went through your divorce and, um, you know, some of the challenges and, you know, breakdowns and breakthroughs. And now you're, you know, helping other women get through a really hard um, time in their life. So, yeah. It is a hard time. I've I've always said, like, I don't care how amicable some divorces are, Mm because some are. It's hard. It's a transition. It's a change. Mm -hmm. But my story, yeah, I was uh, married. Mm -hmm. Previously to my ex-husband, we were together 15 years, married 13, two beautiful boys, and he left me. And Mm -hmm. it was, to me, my side of the story, I didn't see it coming. Like you kind of look back and go, did I miss, like maybe, should I have seen it? Like, did I miss all the signs? I don't know. Yeah. But I didn't see it coming. I was fully blindsided Mm -hmm. and it was devastating. And I describe it. That's my rock bottom. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've had a lot of rock bottoms in my life. But, but that was one of them? It was the most rock bottomiest, <laughs> rock bottomest <laughs> of all the rock bottoms. Headphones on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it just, it was, it was my biggest fear was being left. And I'd had that fear since I was really little, far before relationships. Like as a kid, I just really was attached to my parents and didn't want to be alone. And that carried into relationships. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, a lot of lessons. Like I laughed just because so many lessons Mm -hmm. have come full circle from him leaving and what felt like the worst thing that could have ever happened. I can see now with a lot of time and perspective that it was 
really an opportunity for me to dig deep. And I don't know. I mean, none of us know if I would have done that, done that it, had mm-hmm. that not have happened, right? And it just really, it was sort of that moment where I'm like, well, who else can I, I there's no one else I can blame now because he yeah. left me. I blamed him for everything. Yeah, I wasn't happy. I was miserable. I, like I, I was happy, mm-hmm. but I was always blaming him for any discomfort I felt, you know, and the insecurity and needing to feel loved. And it was, mm-hmm. it was a lot of, I can see now controlling. I don't, I don't want to say I, <laughs> of course I don't want to say I was the main reason for the divorce. I think it does take two people to have a relationship and to ruin a relationship over time, mm-hmm. but I can definitely own my part of it now and really yeah. see uh, how I definitely contributed to to what I'm sure he felt was yeah. really a lot of pressure. It's, mm. It was me trying to control the things that felt completely out of control in my life. Mm. And do you think, um, do you feel like he takes like ownership for his part in it or are you not? You don't know? I don't know. We don't talk, like we're amicable now. We raise our boy, like it's a new relationship, right? Mm -hmm. When I work with women, I talk about this a lot. Like you, unfortunately, if you have children, I say unfortunately, just because a lot of times it would feel so much easier if we could just walk away, be like later, like never again. Yeah. But when you have children, this is a, a new relationship you have to develop. And for us, and I'm grateful that he shared this with me, is that we wanted the best for our kids. And so we both were willing to pull our heads out of our asses. And I don't want to say we both owned our shit because we didn't talk about it a lot mm-hmm. um, together, Yeah. right? But we just developed a new relationship that's amicable and friendly. And we're both parents of these kids and the kids mean the world to us. And I'm lucky enough to have a, like they're lucky enough to have a father in their life that he is a really good dad. Mm -hmm. So I know that's not always the case, but, Mm -hmm. and so, yeah, we do 50, 50 and, but we haven't had those conversations. I, it's not like he's ever come to me and apologized for anything, but I'm not waiting for that. I don't need that. I think Mm -hmm. that's the problem with a lot of our own healing is that we make it dependent on things that are out of our control. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. And my healing had to be a hundred percent up to me and nobody else. And you know, if I were waiting for him to apologize for me to feel okay, I'd be continuing the pattern that I was doing in my past life with him mm-hmm. is making it all about him. I was going to feel okay if he did this and he said this and he, right. Yeah. And I had to release that. And that's a huge part of what I try and help women with is really letting go of the things that they have no control over. And it's yeah. hard. It's hard to recognize it when you're mm-hmm. in it. It really is. For sure. Yeah. So then how would you say that you control... I hate this microphone. But, um, <laughs> how would you say that um, you coach people? Mm-hmm. Because no matter what, no matter how amicable you are, and there are times when you're not married to that person anymore, they do something that pisses you off mm-hmm. or like something happens and you're like, okay, this is annoying. On that, right? Like 100%. <laughs> All the time. So then how do you coach people to, I get like the idea of owning your shit and mm-hmm. all that, changing your patterns, all of that. But what's the balance there, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. Like yeah. there's some part of it that it's just part of the process. Like there's going to be times that 
You're not going to see eye to eye. That you're going to want to murder that person. 100%. Not murder them, maybe. Mm-hmm. Disclaimer. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're just, you might be bitter. There's, you know, and I think, like I said, it's a new relationship. So it's always, I really always come back to what part of this is under your control. Mm-hmm. And once we can identify that, then that's what we work on, which is usually the only thing we can control is our thoughts, our actions, and our reactions in this present moment. So we're really feeling our feelings because our feelings are valid. Like you say, like, you know, the anger, the rage is real Mm -hmm. and it's valid, but how is it going to serve you? So allowing yourself to feel it, but then be able to surrender to it, release it and come back into the present moment and choose to show up in a way that's going to serve you and the new relationship that you have with him or her. And then I teach a lot of communication skills, Mm, right? Right, Because you have to be able to, it's the same as if you were still in a relationship in the sense of you have to be able to talk to each other in a, you know, in a way that's conducive to raising these children. Mm -hmm. So let's, okay, um, I'm going to do a little something different. Let's say, okay, because you're going through a divorce, Alexandra, and um, is there like a specific situation that maybe you, you guys could talk about and get that coaching. No, oh. I don't want to do that. Okay. <laughs> Alex is like, yeah, no thanks. No. <laughs> no, I'm good on that one. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I've spoke to Jamie before about like some oh, divorce yeah. coaching stuff and I don't, I don't feel, I just don't feel like that's going to be the best for my new relationship with Brad if I get on this podcast and get coached about <laughs> an issue that we do. So I'm I out think, on that I one. Think the cool thing is when we mm-hmm. did talk about these, like the real raw stuff that was happening in the moment, it really did come back to, okay, like it's choosing mm-hmm. your actions and really like, because at the end of the day, you can't change him. Yeah. And I think the hardest thing too for like, and you've said this too, is that you you can, like you're saying, only own your own stuff, but you can also, the other person, you do have to let go of the expectation that they're going to either take accountability for something that you've decided mm-hmm. in their mind they should, or also sometimes suck it up when you don't want to suck it up. Like when you want to get in that old pattern, like you're saying mm-hmm. of being like, no, like you're wrong, you know, like you're you're not right, but it's like, okay, well... I find that part hard. Like you're yeah. like apologizing for your actions or like, you know, hurt people, hurt people, they say, yes, right? Yes. And like, and for me, I've always felt like it's like a competition between who's hurting more. For me, I don't want that to be the case anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's like, sometimes I find myself having to suck it up and be like, yeah, mm-hmm. But, I, and then I'm like, I'm actually pretty pissed about this, but I guess my my feelings aren't going to be validated by the other person. That's okay. Well, that's kind of what I just was talking about yeah. too. The same with me. It's like, I may not get an apology the way I thought I should or the way I wanted to hear it. And I may not ever be told X, Y, and Z that would feel so good and validating for me. And that is where the releasing and the letting go. Like I talk all the time about letting go mm-hmm. because it's that loosening your grip on the things like I can't make him you can't make him be and that's probably in the you know 
Yeah, you, I think in you the, have to in go. In the big picture, that's why the relationship did, probably didn't work yeah, out, right? Yeah. You can't go in with expectations of, mm-hmm. you know, because we, we tend to go into, mm. um, let's say, a conversation and you know what you're going to say and then you're already expecting them to say mm-hmm. something that you've created in your mind. And when they don't, they don't meet your expectations. And then that's when it triggers those reactions of like, well, he didn't meet my expectations you know, he's wrong, Mm -hmm. I'm hurt. And then the conversation goes nowhere. It's hard to let that go. You know, it is definitely hard. It's some of the hardest work in the world. And that's where, like, I really talk in my work about developing self-love. I did a reel about it this morning in my car. Authentic self-love. So for me, my life growing up, I... I thought I was always working so hard. I want to be confident. And I, you know, I don't think it was totally conscious. I think it was an unconscious thing in the back of my mind that I felt like if I had a certain number on the scale and I looked a certain way and I had whatever it is, the clothes, whatever outside, right? That then I would feel confident. Mm -hmm. Or if I reached one of those goals of like a a number on a scale, then I, I felt really good about myself. And I thought, oh, now I'm confident. What I've learned since doing my own inner work that happened when I hit that rock bottom, when he left me and I realized I have nobody to blame but myself. And the only one that's going to pick me up off the floor is me, that I had to find that authentic self-love. And to me, it's entirely different because it's not about anything outside of yourself. It's entirely about who you are Mm -hmm. and the essence of you. And that's nothing that can ever be taken away. And I I really think most of us haven't really ever found her or him Mm -hmm. and that haven't really understood what that feels like. And for me, when it happened, it was, it was surprising because it didn't feel how I thought it would feel. It felt better. It felt like like an exhale, like I could relax and go, oh my gosh, it was probably the first time I'd ever relaxed truly in my whole life into going like, oh, it's about who I am. Mm -hmm. Not what I look like, not what I do, not anything else. None of my failures, none of that has anything to do with the essence of me. And once I found that, Mm -hmm. I started needing less from other people. Mm -hmm. For sure, yeah. And that changes all of your relationships, right? Think about the pressure. I know I put on my partner, my ex-partner, because I I needed them to fill me up. Mm-hmm. Right, to validate you, fill you up. All right? And so when we're not getting the apologies and all mm-hmm. of these things that happen through divorce, when we start to truly find that person, it's not that it's like, I'm not going to say it's easy, but it gets easier when we know that we can come within. It sounds so corny, but it is so true. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's You true. start ne- needing other validation less. Yeah. when you really can feel that authentic self-love. And the other thing that I found is that, like, I thought I was always searching for confidence. But really the confidence came as a natural byproduct when I really started to understand who I was. Mm-hmm. And then this natural thing happened was once I understood and knew myself, I just started to really love her. Mm-hmm. And it just... I can hardly put it into words what it feels like, but it just really made me relax into all the other areas of my life, needing less from other people and it allowed me to loosen my grip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And I mean, I do think you're right that it is easier to let things, even like you can feel the feelings of being frustrated at, say, the other person, mm-hmm. but it's easier to let it go if you've kind of made peace with that. Like you can still be like, 
is fucking pissing me off. And then it'd mm-hmm. be easier to to fix. Because you're it's you're just okay. Yeah. You're okay. You know there's an inner knowing, knowing that you're okay, regardless. Mm-hmm. And it might not even be about your ex. It could be about a lot of different situations. Yeah. The chaos outside of your life starts to feel more calm. And like, even if it's not okay, you're okay. Yeah. And then so, I feel yeah. like you attract, um, like once you start, you know, leaning into who you truly are and and doing that self-love, you don't look for that external validation mm-hmm. and you are who you are. And mm-hmm. then you attract those that are the ones that are going to fill your buckets mm-hmm. instead of naturally, you know, you're not looking for, oh, I, w- I need this person because, you know, whatever. So yes. it's, it's, it's quite, cause I did some self-work as well oh. um, over the summer. Like I said, we got rocky with Lee a little bit just because of a lot of trauma that has happened. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, just working on ourselves and owning our shit mm-hmm. and then going, Hey, I'm not, I don't need that person to make me feel a mm-hmm. certain way. I can do that by myself. And when I do that, I'm able to give that love back and that affection and that understanding. So yeah, it's, it's definitely a oh, journey. And I think that as you, like you're talking about energy and, mm-hmm. and you become magnetic and that's exactly the words I use is mm-hmm. it's, um, attracting not only love, but what's aligned with you Mm -hmm. starts to happen with ease the more you show up as yourself. I Mm -hmm. feel like the more you show up as yourself, your energy shifts Mm -hmm. and you're in alignment yourself. You're more in flow. And then it's almost like magic. It's the coolest thing. And things start showing up in your life. That's how I attracted Justin into my life. It was when I really dug deep into that self-love, he showed up in a different way than he had in the past. Mm-hmm. We attracted our lake house that way, we, our boat, our dock. Like there was lots of things that was very energetic in being able to show up in alignment. Mm-hmm. And so I talk a lot about with women who are post-divorce, post-breakup, they're wanting to find new love but they're working so hard at it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like that was a good segue because I was yeah, just yeah. thinking, oh, <laughs> you were wanting to talk about some of that stuff because you're doing a course and new mm-hmm. love was one of the the things and getting back in the dating world. You have a lot of people you talk to who want to get back in the dating world. Yeah. I was, okay, by the way, I had no idea. I felt like such an idiot yesterday. We're like, I did this practice for this play I'm in and there's these two guys and they were talking about grinder and i was like i have no idea what grinder is and they're like every gay man is on grinder clearly you're not in the right well i'm like had no idea grinder was a thing <laughs> then we were talking about tinder and all these other things but i feel like online dating is an intimidating thing mm. so do you talk to a lot of people about that so many women you know obviously some different everybody's different i don't have judgment i really don't think it's about timing that there's a, a magic number that you have to wait after divorce before you can even entertain new love i think when it feels right it'll happen or mm-hmm. you know it'll for me it was very fast and it was not intended and it just showed up and to me i think it, again it was very much energetic but I talk to women all the time, but they want, they're like, I don't want anything like my past. I want to attract, like they're, I've heard a lot of people recycling the same relationship over and over and they're having the same kind of 
traumatic experiences and online mm-hmm. dating can be daunting, especially the older we get. And if we've got kids and it's, mm-hmm. and you don't know who you can trust yeah. and all of these things. And, you know, really wanting to recognize the red flags that maybe you didn't recognize the first time around. And so we talk a lot about that because a lot about it is going into it with awareness. What are those red flags that you miss so that mm-hmm. if it's on your forefront of your mind, like, and when you get more confident, you have more ability to set boundaries with ease, right? Mm-hmm. You're more likely to be able to set the boundaries and hold true to them if you're confident in and loving yourself, knowing who you are and what you want. But yeah, the online dating world is terrifying yeah. for some and I don't blame them. I think it's not for everybody. It definitely is. I don't think it's a hard, fast rule that you have to do it. But I know mm-hmm. a lot of people feel like it's kind of their only option. Yeah. Well, yeah so I was like, when you were saying that women recycle or men recycle the same mm-hmm. relationships mm-hmm. because they haven't done the work first mm-hmm. and foremost. Mm-hmm. And what you resist persists. Yes. You're constantly in that state of this is what I don't want mm-hmm. instead of focusing on the things that you do want. Totally. You know, those red things. It's like, yeah. So when you're focusing on that negative is what you will attract, I find. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. you know, finding that inner peace and really working on yourself to know who you truly are, then, and you you can, I, I do believe you can you can be working on yourself because we're always a work in progress uh-huh. and find love. It's yeah. just starting and doing that healing. And then you will attract that person that fits to and who you are. Being able to say no yeah. to the mm-hmm. ones that aren't right. Yeah, Like I look back in my past, not just with my past marriage, but lots of relationships. And there were red flags like being right. hammered at me. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, no, no, it's good. It's good. Right. But I think that was all down to my confidence and my ability to understand my worth. Mm -hmm. Plus we live in fear. Mm -hmm. We live in fear of if I say no to this, what if, what if there's nobody else? Mm -hmm. What if this is good as it gets? What if nobody else will love me? What if he is the right person and he says he's going to change? That's a huge one. Well, they said they're going to change. They apologize. They're going to do the work. And don't get me wrong. We can all change. But you can't make anybody. So if you Unless feel, if you feel it in your, your gut both, yeah. that it's worth giving them a second chance, then fine. But if you're giving them a third, fourth, fifth, like, you know, they talk yeah. about when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Right. I really do think at some point you have to draw the line. And it's like the universe is oftentimes asking us, like, what do you want? And the more you show them what you want, say yes to things, you're allowing it. You're confirming this is what I want. This is good enough. And I think until we learn those lessons, those same patterns keep showing up. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, are you ready to deal with it now? No. Okay. Well, well then we'll do it again. Yeah, <laughs> are you ready right. to deal with it now? <laughs> no. No. Right. And it's to me, I think that is just it. It's when we have the courage because it takes so much freaking courage to mm-hmm. look within yeah. and get really honest with ourselves. Mm-hmm. And actually like, kind of like I say, we got to sometimes hit our rock bottom to be able to get to the point yeah. of being willing to go there. Mm-hmm. Totally. It, it, yeah, yeah go, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, there's a lot of people, like Benita said, and I know that um, I've, I think there was someone else recently on social media, I can't remember who had done this, but 
to really like face their own patterns and really yes. dove into online dating. And Benita talked about this on our podcast, but she just dated a ton of people and she was looking for when it felt uncomfortable or when it felt like a pattern had yeah. arose that she was like, no, I still have to work on this. Mm-hmm. And the person I was following on social media, I remember it was, I don't want to out her in case she wasn't, but <laughs> she uh, was saying something similar. She was like, I just committed to dating. We went to that talk at Women Wanting Wellbeing. That girl said the same thing. She's like, I just dated people that's, yeah, to, to that's come what up I with a pattern. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I did that too because prior to Lee... I was in an eight and a half year mm-hmm. relationship, engaged one uh, twice, actually. Once he left three months before the wedding and then he came back. And my ego was, yeah, yeah I'll take you back, even though I should have never taken because that relationship never. But, but our pattern was we would fight, we would break up, we'd fight, we'd break up. I never loved this man. Mm. I was always trying to convince myself that I do. And that lasted for eight and a half years. It is crazy. And you get it. I think you get addicted to the drama. Yeah. To that, there is an adrenaline. Like they talk about the adrenaline that we get, like even with children or Mm -hmm. dogs and reinforcement, right? In psychology, they talk about it. And whether it's negative reinforcement or positive reinforcement, we get this dopamine hit of like, okay, I'm getting attention paid to me. Mm-hmm. So it's to me similar when we're fighting with a, a partner or a boyfriend or a girlfriend and the fights, as much as they seem like they would be a negative, it it gives us this kind of hit of all these hormones and adrenaline and things in our bodies that I really do think we get a bit hooked on. And then when that's not there, we're like, oh God, this is boring. Mm-hmm. And it's not until we, I really feel like, you know, Mm, leaning into the uncomfortable, getting uncomfortable, sitting with it and going, what is this really about? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And why, why am I continuously entertaining these toxic relationships that aren't healthy? What would it feel like to be in something Mm -hmm. that was really good? And I was talking about this recently because it's so different when you meet your person mm-hmm. and when it's energetic and when it's aligned and when like your match shows up, like I call it soul recognition. It feels so different. And mm-hmm. it, it, I've talked to a few people now because I've made it a point of going, okay, tell me about how it felt for you. Cause I know how it felt for me and it was inexplicable. It didn't make sense on paper. I was really worried about what everybody else was going to think about me because Mm -hmm. it was so soon after my divorce that Justin showed up, but I just knew. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't something that anybody else could really understand except for the fact that we both felt it and it was so different than anything else. Justin said he was never going to get married again. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden we were engaged within six months. Like it, it doesn't, it didn't make sense on paper, but it wasn't about that. It wasn't logical. It was just it felt entirely different. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what happens when you have two people that have been willing to go there, dig deep, find themselves, learn to love themselves. So it's, they're not going into a relationship needing love, but they're ready for it. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're in that place. And then when that person shows up, it's not to say you have to be completely healed. Like Mm -hmm. you were talking about, I don't think anyone's ever completely healed. Yeah. But it's when you're both in this process of the willingness of getting to know yourself and wanting to improve and always evolving. And when you attract that person into your life, 
you know. I 100% because I was dating after, you know, our second split when I walked away. Um, I did the dating, right? And it was just, I just wanted to feel the like different because again, you're talking about, you know, post-divorce. This kind of felt like a divorce because I was, you know, with him for so long. Um, Confidence, Mm. right? I didn't, I didn't have that. You stay around because you're like, oh my gosh, what if this is it? What if I'm never going to be loved? Like all that kind of stuff. But then once I've had enough and everything inside me was screaming, like this needs to stop. Mm -hmm. It stopped and I felt so free. Mm -hmm. And that's when I went and started finding myself. But I was finding myself through dating, Mm. right? Because that's what I was, I'm like, okay, what do I like? And that's what I was focusing on. Okay, I like this. I don't like that. Like, but it was mostly, okay, what do I need? What feels good to me? And what makes me feel good? And how do I show up for me and for that person? And then when I met Lee, I mean, I, okay, I don't know if I should say that. I was dating like seven guys. One per week, one per day. No, but just dating, right? Like, yeah. You know, dinners here, movie there, whatever. I don't think that's uncommon. No, I I think that's a lot of... And I teach their own. 15 years ago, man. 15 years ago, it's not common. (laughs) Back then. Back then, I know. Hoochie, mama, you know, whatever. (laughs) It wasn't even online. Uh, She was meeting these people in person. I know, right? (laughs) Old school. Um, But yeah, when I met Lee, it was different. Mm -hmm. It felt different. And like you said, it didn't make sense because I was 24. Five and he was 21. So there was no way. I always mm-hmm. liked the younger men. I still do. Um, <laughs> well, that's good because uh, you're still married to I'm him. I'm still married to him. Yeah. So, um, yeah, like on paper, I even lied to my parents about it. Like I was worried about what they're going to say because I the previous guy was younger by a year. Mm-hmm. And this guy is like almost like four years younger than me. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, what the hell am I going to tell them, right? Like there was that, but it didn't make sense. It was so fast and furious. You know, three months into our relationship, we bought a house together. We were building and yeah, it was just one thing after another, after another just felt energetically different. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, our soulmates. And I was worried because he was younger, like, but he was so mature he was, and he was the one pushing the relationship. I was like, what's happening here? But mm-hmm. he wanted it, you know, so bad. He's like, no, this is it. Right. So, and it felt different, yeah. I'm sure. Right. It felt different. And even like when we went to renew our vows, because yeah, 10 years, uh, we flew to Vegas and I had Elvis walk me down the aisle just to I want to do us. that. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I got butterflies in my stomach, right? Just spending that time alone, I still feel, you know, the excitement of when he's coming home. And yeah, I mean, every relationship has its um, ups and downs. And, you know, even through those downs, I still feel that connection. I still feel that. that's To that, like every relationship has its up and downs. I wrote a thing like when I first started coaching about six years ago and I called it, the perfect relationship or the perfect marriage. I can't remember something like that. But anyways, and I describe like I, my, my first line I think was my relationship is perfect. And it just went into the whole reason like, no, no relationship is mm-hmm. perfect. Perfect mm-hmm. doesn't exist mm-hmm. period, but it was perfect for us. And it's, yeah, we have conflicts. 
all the time, quite publicly sometimes, even this weekend at the <laughs> hockey arena. It's, I'm not saying we weren't fighting fight, but there's some bickering going on and definitely right. I can own my stuff. I get really, I get defensive if I feel like I'm being attacked and I'll, I'll fight back. I'm, <laughs> I've got that feist in me. I know right. I've got to keep it down a little bit, but it's, it doesn't, that's the difference is it's not, I, there's so much confidence in the, this relationship. I don't have any doubt it'll last forever. I know he loves me. I trust him. I know it's mutual. And when it feels different like that, it's just like the conflicts happen and we work through them. And it's not like before, anytime there was a fight, I would like become dysfunctional. Mm -hmm. It would take over my whole world. It It was just different. And so I really do think that when you find your person, you're able to go into these relationships and yes, you might have to learn the tools and learn how to communicate well and manage mm-hmm. conflict and all of the healthy relationship kind of stuff. That's important, but it's not a make or break it because there's this deep inner knowing and trust that is in, entirely different than anything I know I've ever experienced. And like I say, the more people I talk to, I'm finding like Bella, that it is something that we all feel. Um, Brian's adjusting this mic because it's the worst. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> How, what are you, I'm curious. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not supposed to be asking the questions, but I'm curious from Alex. I know you're more freshly divorced than I Well, I'm not even officially divorced, but yeah, separated. Like, what are the fears you're feeling right now? You mean around like new relationships? Like you were asking me before? Yeah, just all the things. I I mean, I'm not really focused on a new relationship, but I do certainly like, I've had fears before about if I were to meet someone else, like there's just... There's a lot of it, right? Like it, you, mm-hmm. it's like the feeling of feeling old or like not, you know, like you're never going to attract someone because you're old or like just the idea of dating sucks and like, you know, having kids, like you have had kids before, like again, having to start over not, like, and, is what you want it yeah. to be, like all those things. And yeah. also I think once Jamie, you and I were talking about this, there's that feeling too, like when people move on in a new relationship and you have a blended like household and say you're with somebody who they, you like, I think you were talking about this too, like about, mm-hmm. you know, you're always like, you love your kids unconditionally because they're your kids, mm-hmm. but somebody who's not their parent, they, they're never going to love them in that same thousand percent. Un- they might love them, but it's not the same as a parent's love, right? So you hope that you pick someone good that obviously loves their kids. It, it is, it's, yeah. it's, I'm like sighing because I'm like, it's so strange. My ex and I used to talk about how sad it would be for those people. It must be so sad for those people who have gone through divorce. Like this is so ironic that we used to talk about this and not just once, like often. So sad for them because like we couldn't imagine ever talking about our kids with anybody else. Mm -hmm. Yet now here we are, right? But, you know, I think it's different but we do it. And that's totally. the thing. It, it's scary. And I think it is. There's just so many fears that come mm-hmm. up and we can get in our head about it. But then when we lean into it, you know, I remember I have a girlfriend, a dear friend of mine that I've known forever and she got divorced. She has three little boys when she got divorced. And I remember her saying, who's ever going to want to date me? I have three little boys. And like, how how does how am I ever going to meet somebody? Well, She's been with the same guy for, I think, almost eight years now, I want to say. And they have a fabulous relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. And it's, there's so, if as many 
people that like that are sitting there right now at home feeling like who would ever love me? I've been through this. I've like, I'm in my forties, I'm this or whatever it is, the story you're telling yourself, there's equally the same amount of people going like, I'm looking for somebody and I've Mm -hmm. been through that too. Mm. And who can connect on it? I mean, the divorce rate is 50% of all marriages end in divorce. Mm. So thinking about that, if half of us are divorced, we all need new partners. (laughs) So we're all in the same boat, like not all, but like all of us Mm -hmm. divorcees, right? And we get it. And I think there is not to make light of divorce, but there's something really unique and special that happens when relationships end is because we get the second chance to have more clarity and to do it much more intentionally Right. the second time Mm -hmm. and to choose maybe differently than we did in our past and to be, you know, I think we have a lot more knowledge and wisdom Mm -hmm. within us than we maybe did. I know I was a lot young, obviously, right? We all were a lot younger when we got married the first time. And we have this opportunity that if we do want to go into a relationship, even if we don't think we're ready for it now, but we know that maybe one day I'd like to have new love in my life, that we get to do it on our terms. Mm -hmm. It's like, I get to decide who I am, what I want, and be able to attract that into my life and do it differently this time. And to me, that's kind of exciting. Yeah, yeah that is exciting. I think okay. also, yeah, sorry, it's like for, I think, you know, with, with children, right? Like we're, we're older now. So dating, you're expected to have blended families. Mm-hmm. We're not in our 20s or we didn't have kids. So it's not like you're going into a new world as a mom of three at 21. Right. You're yeah, a mom sure. of two at 40 something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most people at that age either have had kids or, you know, like, yeah. They get so it. They get it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then um, last bit on that is, um, you know, letting go of the control of, you know, with the kids piece. Because still we want to, like, I I thought about, you know, like the whole divorce, like what if Lee and I split, right? And uh, like having another woman Mm -hmm. take care of my children drove me insane. Terrifying. But (laughs) then I'm like, but that's my control. Like he doesn't get to control my relationship if we split up. And I know the person I'm choosing is going to be good, not just to me. I'm going to choose somebody that's good for the children and vice versa, right? So just letting go of like that, it's the it's the control piece, and that's part of the healing. Because if we are oh, it's huge. in in our relationship, which we huge. control too. It's it's like you know when you're having arguments, you want to control what they say, how they react and respond. And there's a lot of shame, blame, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But that once you start, you know, working through those emotions and working, you know, on yourself, letting that go yeah. will, will become. Easier. It's been one of my toughest lessons mm-hmm. and I'm still going through it. My ex, like I'm remarried and yeah. Justin and I've been married now for four years. And my ex is not remarried and has had, he's had committed relationships. I don't want to make him sound like he's been going, but yeah, yeah. you know, so yeah. he's had a few girlfriends over the period of six years. Yeah. And yeah, it's tough. It's tough, but to me, it gain, it comes back to me going, okay, this is my work. Mm-hmm. And what do I have control of? And it has been huge. It's It happens 
still, it is very much on the forefront of the work I'm in the midst of doing is just letting that go because it's out of my control. And how do I want to show up? Mm-hmm. How do I want to look back on my life and see that I showed up during these times? Do I want to show up like the jealous ex jealous <laughs> ex-wife yeah. and that you write? Or do I want to show up like as a mature mom who showing up as my best self and and treating people the way I would want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, and then you're not focusing on somebody else's relationship. You're focusing yeah. on your own. Yeah. And then the children will have their experiences. You want to always, you know, make sure you're the, like you're the one that's grounded and you're saying you want to show up a certain way for your kids. We don't have control over what they're yeah. doing. Yeah, and, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that, we don't have control, but I think it is also important to acknowledge like what you said before too, mm. that like we maybe like have all the wise wisdom in our own, like what, like of how we want to show up. And like, we might be like, I'm, I want to be respectful of like these other person's relationship and all of that. And I think it can be all that and you can show up that way. But I think there may likely be times when you're raging, when you're triggered or when <laughs> you're like, course. when you're like, you know what? I'm pissed about this. Cause yeah. we had someone when, on the when other day. When we're raging in the driveway, I'm holding my hand yeah. up if you can't see me. <laughs> when you're raging in the driveway or if you're like, I mean, we had <laughs> Pam on a couple of weeks ago and she was talking about having to step back at times cause she didn't want to, uh, like she was the bonus mom. Right. She didn't want to jump in. And when she was talking about that, I thought this is so interesting because I can see both sides, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? I could imagine being the mom feeling like, oh, I don't want this person to take it, but also being like, I'm so grateful that this person also loves my kid, right? And yes. so it's also, and vice versa. So I think like we can have all the, as long as we're doing the work and we recognize that, oh, like, that I'm getting emotional about this and I don't want to show up this way, then that's good too. But it's not going to raise the fact that going through this process that you're not going to feel that or you might not well, be like, holy shit, this yeah. happens. I think it's and that's a huge part of anything we go through that I think is so important is acknowledging what you really feel. Yeah, mm-hmm. If I'm jealous, if I'm sad, if it brings up grief, if you don't even understand what that feeling is, but it feels heavy to acknowledge it, But then coming back to yourself and really like feeling the feelings, but then coming back to the present moment and choosing how you want to show up that's aligned with who you are and how you want to move forward. And that's not easy work. Mm -mm. That's the goal, right? So we're not always going to do it perfectly. And I can attest for myself. I certainly haven't done it perfectly, but I am proud that I've done it better than I thought I would. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. No, that makes sense. And then how like, okay, so let's talk about co-parenting for a second. Yeah. So you, I'm sure you have women in your coaching practice, like they get remarried or they're in another relationship or even maybe you've had this experience yourself. And then you're now, you're navigating co-parenting with your co-parent, mm-hmm. but also your different parenting that you and your current spouse or relationship have? How do you navigate that kind of web? Again, it's communication. And that's where it really comes down to knowing how you feel about something and being able to communicate it in a healthy way and then being able to separate yourself and come to a common ground as much as you can because you can only own your part of it. So it's it's that fine balance with all types of relationships, right? Not just marriages. I mean, even at work, we're not always going to agree. 
So we can only control, we can contribute, we can express our feelings, we can express how we would like things to go. And hopefully you're talking to a person who can be as mature and be able to communicate in the same level as you. It's not always going to be the case. Mm -hmm. So then we've got to only manage and control what we can control on our end and... Right. There's lots of different scenarios. I mean, we could talk forever on that topic because I do work with a lot of people who've had like police involved and there's like Mm -hmm. a lot of scary situations. Mm So, you know, I'm definitely not an expert in managing all the things that come to different abusive situations with divorce. And I know that in my personal situation, I've been lucky enough to have somebody uh, like my ex who's on the same page of our goals for our children. So it hasn't been that hard. And we're, we really both work towards being really respectful. So if Mm -hmm. I feel strongly about something, he has never said no. He 100% will go, okay, I see that. Absolutely. And so for example, if there's been something that we have been disciplining on because something went sideways at our house and I express it, he says, okay, I'll carry that through at our house too. Right. And so it feels that too nurtures the relationship and vice versa, because it feels like what we all want. It's validation and you feel seen and heard. And it's a gain you, unfortunately for so many, right? We have to continue developing a relationship with someone we thought the relationship was over with. It's a new relationship though. But that's not even what I mean. I don't mean your ex. Oh, I mean, how do you navigate now you've, you've, you've worked out uh, parenting issues and co-parenting with your ex. Okay but you're in a new relationship okay. and you and your current spouse uh, <laughs> disagree on the way to parent and you have this co-parent and you're like, yeah. we've come up to an agreement of how we're going to do this. We've, yeah. We're both in line of this strategy, you and your co-parent and you mm. and your current spouse mm-hmm. are like, you know, I, you might, maybe it's like that they're like, hmm, that's not how I would do it. And you're like, well, this is how we're doing it. How yeah. do you navigate it's that? Because there's tough. a whole other layer, right? There's this well, other person is. you're not in a relationship with who's like the parent of your kids and also your alignment of right. right? Well, even for Justin and I, and it's tricky because, I mean, he's done it before. He's got older kids in their 20s, two boys. So between us, we have four boys. He's raised them already. He's a high school teacher. He deals with kids all day. He's great with kids and right. he loves my boys, 100%. But... We parent a little differently simply because of the dynamics of the split. I think, you know, Alex and I have talked about this before too, because I have a fear that I think a lot of us can relate to that my kids won't want to be with me, Mm -hmm. that they just want to be with their dad and that that would break my heart into a million pieces. And it has before because it's come up. Actually, it came up on Friday. Oliver came home and told me he didn't want to, he didn't want to be here. I just want to be at dad's. And then he looks at me and he's like, did I just hurt your feelings? There's no heartbreak like that stab in the heart like that. Like I have never experienced that kind of like heart pain as as your kids saying, I'd rather be with dad. I'd rather live with dad. It's awful. Yeah. For me, it was like, and it's come off and on and so kids are, are a little more simple sometimes than which I'm grateful for because it really comes down to what fun things are at dad's house right, right now course. or what fun things are at mom's house. But, you know, it hurts because he left me. And I, you know, especially in the beginning, I felt like he doesn't deserve 
for the kids. I, de- I was very, you know, it was ego, yeah. but it hurt. It became like, why do you, I didn't say any of these things. Do not get me wrong. But I just felt like, why do you want to be with your dad? You should want to be with me. I'm, yeah. you know, you want them to want you. And it's, so as far as Justin and I go, Justin tends to discipline a little more aggressively or not aggressive, not in a, <laughs> don't, that sounds terrible. <laughs> I don't mean that in a little more um, strictly. Yeah. Yeah, And he'll hold his, whereas I'm a little more passive. Right. I never used to be that way, but it's because I'm afraid that they won't want to be with me. And God forbid, if they don't want to be at my house, because like in my mind, the thing I have playing out is Justin disciplines. They don't like it because now they're in trouble. He's holding the ground you know, laid the law. So now the boys just want to be at their dad's and they don't want to come because Justin's the meanie or whatever, right? Like that's just the story I paint in my mind and it Mm. scares me. It's a fear. So I don't want Justin to parent too harshly. I want him to be the nice guy because I want the kids to want to be with him. But do you feel you're doing that at the service because now they're getting away with things? Absolutely. Like I see Justin's point. point, Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with him, Mm. but I still don't want him to do it sometimes because I'm scared. And I'm afraid that they're not going to like him again. Just, it's just black and white with them. They're like, no, I'd rather be with dad because we can do whatever we want. Like that's again, Mm -hmm. the story I tell myself. And it's just so that dynamic for me in my own life has become, that's a little, it's tricky, but Mm -hmm. it really just comes down to communication. And it Mm -hmm. also comes down to me having to face some fears. Right. And the reality is like, Justin keeps telling me, Jamie, like he knows kids need discipline. They need mm-hmm. to know right from wrong. Like we don't want to raise little assholes. Right. Yeah. And this is like, he's, he's like, yeah. I see the assholes at school that right. get disciplined or mm-hmm. don't get disciplined. Like he's like, trust yeah. me, like this stuff matters. And I do agree. Yeah. It's just really hard. So I think it's where I've had to really face because my own fears. Yeah. Because at some point, I guess, you know, every kid, whether together or not, will say, I hate you. I want to move out. Yeah. They may run away. They want to go to, whether it's, it's the ex or it's the grandma's house, yeah. you know, they'll be like, I'd rather go, you know, spend time with whatever, right? Like mm-hmm. I know Lee left home um, when he was 16 um, or four, yeah, 16, I think, because he couldn't handle, you know, the relationship between the parents and he went to school um, in Calgary and mm-hmm. left, right? So, I mean, it, 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 they will at some point, yay or oh, nay, sure. I don't know. Like I thought about leaving. I was like, get me out of here, you know, but I was too afraid because... Uh, <laughs> too afraid of the, the Polish, Polish dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, I think there's truth to that, but I think that there's some, there is something and maybe it's ego and may, whatever, but there is something about... And I think it's a really valid fear about the fact that, you know, there does come a point like when they're little, like my kids, if they say we want to go and your kids, even they're still young, they say they want to live with dad. They like dad's house better, but there will come a time when they're 16, when they are in the, they have the legal right. Like you're saying, Lee left his house and they can go choose to stay at dad's and that it is heartbreaking because you, you don't go into um, a parenting situation thinking you're going to get your kids 50% of the time. And then you've created this option that allows for them to not even be around you 50% of the time, but they can choose to not be around you at all and be with the other parent. Whereas if you were together, 
you know, they can say, I want to go live with grandma. And it's kind of both the parents' pain if they yeah. go live with grandma. Yeah. But in this case, it's like, and let me just stab you more in the yes. heart. I'm going to leave you for the other parent. And it, it, I'm sure there's a bunch of ego in there and a bunch of self-worth and what work and all that. But it is, that is shitty. Like it's shitty. Yeah. Just, and you never yeah. go into a parenting situation thinking, yeah, shit, my kid's going to go live with just their dad. Like there's yeah. just a layer of, that oh shit yeah, the, of course. It's, it's, that. it's not gonna feel good if they choose to go. Yeah, but I feel like maybe when they go, the grass is not always greener on the other 100%. side. So at some point, they might be like, you know what, this sucks. I want to go live with mom. Yeah, for right. Sure. Because the rules will change when they're there for a week. Everybody's on their best fucking behavior. We're all playing, oh my gosh, because it, now it's become a competition. Who's the better parent? Not what, so much what's better for the kids. Right. What's better for me to make sure that they love me and stay with me. When they're there 24-7 and let's say he has to figure shit out, you know, like he needs to go do this, yeah. whatever. At some point, they'll be like, whoa, this isn't as fun anymore because fun dad is no more fun dad <laughs> because now he has us 24-7 and we're little shits. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not, I'm yeah. not saying there is. No, I no just but I'm just saying, yeah, of yeah, course. It would, like I would, I would die There's a like, slow, painful death if my kids, especially if my, you know, ex-husband had a girlfriend, they like whatever, but it, it would be making a disservice to the children because now we're playing this game of who's the better, who's the more fun. And they do get away with a lot more and we are a lot more lenient than anything else. You know, like, I mean, 100%. my kids like, so Lee lives right now where well, he's moving back, right? So, I mean, I've had them say, we'd rather go live with dad in Chilliwack, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because I'm the parent 24 seven. I cannot be the fun person all the time. So when he comes home on the weekend and he's all like, yeah, da, 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 and more lenient and well was anyways, we had a chat and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I can't be that person all the time. Yeah. I need your help. But yeah, they, they did tell me they'd rather go and live. I'm like, go, <laughs> go live with dad. It just feels, it feels very personal. Yeah. But again, it's. It's all for me. I keep going, okay, if it happens and... Yeah, if it happens, you'll then deal with it. Then I'll deal with it and I'll have to do my own inner work and that's where I have to mm -hmm. come back to the what practice what I preach, right? Yeah. Ryan's giving us the signal. So tell us about, um, about your course that you're doing before. Uh, I'm launching a new program coming up in the new year, but I have a free masterclass prior to that and it is called Beacon for Love. So it is around... Beacon for Love. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's around the, the, what we were talking about, the energy of attracting love. I talk a lot about it being attracting love versus finding love. It's different. It doesn't include as much force. And it's really about finding out who you are, the essence of who you are, and showing up day to day as that person. And like we were talking about, as that happens, your energy shifts, your vibration gets higher and you start attracting the things that you're desiring into your life with more ease. And that includes with love. So the masterclass is going to be a four-day masterclass. It's free. And I would like to invite your listeners to come join in if they're looking to, even if they're not necessarily ready for it right now. So come and join Alex. 
But if it's something that you're thinking even down the road, you'd like to be ready one day to begin that process of understanding how to attract the love that you're desiring into your life. And we're going to go through four days, uh, an hour each day online. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can show up for this free masterclass. And I'm going to give you the tools and the information you need to be able to attract the love that you're design, desiring that feels aligned and like you found your person. Cool. All yes. right. Um, okay. So like just some quick rapid fire, I'm thinking of on the spot here, but tell us one piece What's one of the biggest lessons you've learned through this whole separation, divorce, remarriage? That it, that it, like a hundred percent, it's an inside job that has nothing to do with anything outside of yourself. You know, we were talking before about how we look and body image and, you know, aging and all of these things. So often when we go through these hard things in life, that's when you see so many, I don't want to say just women, but men too, you know, the, don't get me wrong. I love the Botox and all the things, right? Botox and filler and all the things we do to our hair and all the special diets. And those can make you feel really good about yourself. Don't get me wrong, but that's that's not the inside work. Mm-hmm. The inside work is the stuff that's going to actually change your life. And it's not, the other stuff is just sort of band-aid, make you feel better temporarily. But the biggest, most transformative thing that I found within myself was when I really figured out who I was and learned how to love myself. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay. And what's one of the biggest lessons your kids, one of your kids has ever taught you? Oh my gosh. What is, I don't know. My kids have taught me so much. It's like having these two little mirrors, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. In different ways, because they're so different. But I think it's around really... Um, allowing the feelings, allowing just to, to feel the feelings so authentically and raw and, and just showing up as you are. Okay. Right. Yeah. I think kids do that naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. The biggest thing is the mirror part. Oh, like yeah. you look <sighs> at them and then they say something and you're like, oh shit, that's so me. I gotta know like. <laughs> Uh, I need to like <laughs> right? those Instagrams where they're like, I didn't know what an asshole I was. Yeah. <laughs> a mini me that looked exactly and talked like me. Or yeah. yeah, and you're like, oh wow, like yeah. So just like you know, how I want to show up as a mom, not you know, it's a reflection. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you see it and then you're like, holy cow, I need to change that because this is me. Like right. this is my mirror. <laughs> this is so. That's one of my biggest lessons yeah. was like just really who do I want to show up as and yes we will make mistakes yeah I mean we can you know do oh, the gentle parenting thing and then sometimes it's just, just like, like holy ah! shit because yeah. you know we're all human but then just getting back onto that and yeah. being mm-hmm. like you know a little bit more being forgiving yeah. ourselves too yes. when we fuck up right yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh okay well where can people find you I'm most often on Instagram at at the Jamie Morgan Okay. Let's check the spelling on my name. Oh, but it's Jamie like, is spelled like not how we instinctively it's like Jem, J A I M E. I know. Jem. Mm-hmm. I Maybe love. you should be Jem Morgan now. <laughs> yeah. And my website, I just got redone. So I'm super proud and excited of the website. So it's jamiemorgan.com. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks Until for having next me, time. Until next ladies. Time. Bye. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and that you feel more empowered, moved, and inspired. 
Be sure to check out the show's description and follow us on social media at Let's Not Sugarcoat It podcast on both Instagram and Facebook. Also, check out our YouTube channel where you can view and subscribe to our latest episodes. What you have to say matters, so send us your feedback and ideas on what you'd like us to talk about so we can serve you better. And remember, motherhood is a team sport. 